everyone. My name is Patrick LeBlanc, your host, and welcome to Insights Tomorrow, brought to you by Microsoft. Let's deep dive with leaders and innovators in the data space. We're gonna explore the challenges, the opportunities that organizations face in their data journeys. In each episode, we will invite some data leaders, experts, and some practitioners who share their unique perspectives on how data transformation is changing their business. Let's explore this data journey together and what it means to you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Insights Tomorrow. I'm your host, Patrick LeBlanc, and today, you know, we have someone very special with us today. Um, we have Mr. Arun Ulag. Arun, before we get started and talk about everything that you're working on these days and what you do, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Uh, hey, Patrick, so excited to be here. Uh, I'm Arun Ulag. I'm the Corporate Vice President of Azure Data. So I don't know all of data for Microsoft. That's uh, databases, things like Azure SQL, Cosmos, DB, Postgres, MySQL, etc. cetera, uh, big data analytics with Synapse, data integration with Data Factory, uh, messaging stack, service bus, event hub, et cetera, and then business intelligence with Power BI. So, so yeah, absolutely excited to be here. These days, I'm kind of uh, referring to myself as a chief fabricator. Chick fabricator. <laughs> so the funny thing is, I was talking to Adam, uh, and I was like, Adam, you know, I was doing some stuff in the fabric. He's like, Why do you call it the fabric? I'm like, That's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to, I'm going to make this new thing, and I'm going to call it the fabric. Anyway, so we'll get into all that. We'll get into all, you know, the things that's going on in the world of data. But you and I have something in common, in the room. We started, we both started our careers as field sellers at Microsoft, and so a field seller is someone that's out, you know. Talking talking to customers and doing technical presentations. Me, it was SQL and SharePoint and all those things, Azure analysis services and things like that. But tell us how you went from this field seller. I want to know this journey, right? I want to know this journey. How did you go from this field seller to the corporate vice president of all data at Microsoft? I, I would say a series of accidents, uh, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, I was in the field. I was, uh, I had taken a rotation to Singapore, and I was responsible for you know cloud and AI sales for the Asia Pacific region. And you know it was, uh, I think, two thousand fifteen, maybe yeah, fourteen yeah. to fourteen fifteen. And I was at our annual sales conference, and uh, you know we had um, uh, Amir Nets, who's now the technical fellow and, and CTO on my leadership team, but he came out and he did this amazing Power BI demo, right? And it lit the audience up. Like, you wouldn't believe it. Like, it's an audience of like 10, 14, 15,000 sellers, uh, all I think, I, I don't remember if it was Atlanta or Vegas, but all of us in the corner, you know, in this massive center, uh, Amir comes out, does this awesome Power BI demo. And this wasn't the Power BI that we know it now. It was the previous version of Power BI, like version, you know, I guess, yeah. Yeah. 0.1, you know, he got the whole audience fired up. So I was one of the 15,000 people in the, you know, in the conference and we were like standing and clapping and like a standing ovation, believe it or not, for a BI product, for God's sake, right? <laughs> it wasn't Xbox. It wasn't like, it, it was a BI product, but I mean, it got the whole audience all riled up and I was like, oh my God, this thing is going to change the world. So, you know, I, I took the product to market and then um, that, that first version of the product was just too hard to use. You know, it, you had to use Excel, you had to set up SharePoint online, you had to do 18 things to get the product to work. And I was so disappointed. 
So at that point, I reached out to James Phillips, who had just taken ownership of Power BI to kind of write the ship. And uh, I was just giving him field feedback. I was like, hey, James, you haven't met me, but I'm in the uh, one of the uh, folks in the field organization. And I think this product has potential, but, you know, uh, it isn't going really well right now. And, you know, I have some thoughts if you, if you want to listen. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a shot in the dark. Um, I was like, I'm in the field. I care about this product. Maybe just James Guy, you know, maybe he wants to listen to, to what I have to say. And James was a corporate vice president at that point, and I didn't really have high hopes for whether he would listen or not. I was shocked, Patrick. Like within 30 seconds, James replies. He was like, uh, Arun, <laughs> would love to hear what you say. Wow. Um, and, and that just blew me away. Like somebody who was uh, who I hadn't met, who was a very senior leader in engineering, uh, but he was so eager to connect with the sellers and, and find out uh, what how his product was going. So I wrote up a paper, and I was visiting Redmond for some reason or the other, and I said, here, here's what I, I see, and here's what I would do if I were you. And I think some of that ideas were good and some of them were not so good. But uh, I was surprised <laughs> that James had read the paper when I met with him. He had it all marked up. And I spent an hour brainstorming with him. And I really, really loved the guy. I loved his energy. I loved his enthusiasm. I loved his vision. And at that point, it was just feel feedback, right? I was like, in the field, here's, here's my idea. And James was like, look, Arun, I like your ideas. Come work for me and uh, we'll figure something out. Wow. And I was shocked. I was absolutely wow. shocked. Wow. You know, so yeah. So, and uh, it was going to be a risky move because it's going to move from, you know, f- from field sales to engineering. But I, I, I thought highly of the product. I thought highly of James and I decided to take the chance. So that was 2015. That made my move back into engineering. And um, that was eight years ago. So yeah, that since then, I've, uh, I've really, really enjoyed my time here. Yeah. So, so I was at that same conference with you and I saw Amir and <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. I, I need to start using this thing, but you're right. It wasn't that great. It was not that great. It was a lot. There was a lot of knobs and things you had to do. Yeah. So just a few more questions before we get into the data stuff. So what's any advice you would give to, you know, people that are in the field, you know, that or anyone, you know, that's trying to move up the corporate ladder like you did. Well, any any advice, any little nuggets that you would share with them? Yeah, a, a few that, that have worked out for me. I'd say the first is uh, be willing to take a chance, be willing to take some risks. You know, one of the things I find sometimes in places like Microsoft is because we're a big company and, you know, we have lots of customers and we have lots of employees, people are sometimes just too scared <laughs> to stick their neck yeah, out and yeah. raise their, uh, you know, make their opinions known. And, you know, Microsoft is a very friendly place. It's people love to hear from other people. And, uh, you know, you don't get punished for <laughs> sharing an opinion that or sharing an idea or, uh, you know, uh, pushing a point of view that helps customers, uh, you know, and, and helps Microsoft. So I would say, hey, uh, take a risk, take a chance. You'd be surprised. So that that I would say that's number one. Uh, number two is uh, Microsoft is a place in which people care about people, and the relationships matter. And the relationships are not transactional; they are relationships that land, you know, that last. And uh, what's nice about Microsoft is that so many amazing people in different countries, in different geographies, you know, like literally, it's a melting pot. Right. So it's a huge opportunity to get to know people, get to build relationships, and those relationships matter. Uh, and the third thing I'd say is that, look, um, the, these days, the product experience is a huge deal. So the fact that you care, the fact that you sweat the details, the fact that you're willing to, you know, put yourself out there to, to try things out, to understand where customers are at, to care deeply uh, about your product, uh, you know, is, is a huge difference because it gets you noticed. So I see sellers who are part of the local, you know, Power BI. Community now the fabric community. I see sellers who are user group leaders. I see sellers who are on Twitter and LinkedIn and putting posts and YouTube videos and stuff like that, where they explain the product, they talk about the 
the product, they provide their point of view. Those things are really get you noticed. So those would be my three <laughs> suggestions. Yeah. So I can attest to that, right? I'm a living testimony. I'm going to be honest with you. you I'm a living are. testimony. <laughs> <laughs> you are the living testimony, you and your buddy Adam Saxton. <laughs> I am a living testimony to everything you just said. I was a field seller. And I remember Adam was like, you got to come work on this Pyre I cat team. I'm like, but I'm a seller. This is what I do. And he's like, no, you got to come work. Mark called me. I talked to you. And I was like, boom, here you go. Right here. I'm on the team. So no, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a walking, living testimony. So something that I know about you, um, because I work on your team at Microsoft, is that you have to be one of the most customer obsessed people I know. You have to, <laughs> I, I, I am floored by it. And I just want to know, when did you find that? And, and why do you feel like being customer obsessed is so important? Yeah, you know, it really started right out of college because, uh, you know, I, I somehow I got into my head that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, Patrick. So I did my undergrad and then, you know, at that point, um, it was 1995 and uh, I did have an opportunity to join Microsoft. I think it was the Excel team, if I remember correctly, as a developer. But I said no. I said no and I went to Silicon Valley and joined a small startup. And then six months later, I started my own company. Being an entrepreneur when you're 22, uh, I would say is generally a bad idea. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> luckily, I did not know that it was a bad idea then. <laughs> and uh, even more luckily, my previous employer for six months became my first customer. Uh, but that's kind of when I really, really appreciated um, you know, what it took to persuade customers about your value, um, yeah. to help them see what you can do for them, um, to make sure that they uh, they you know got uh, they appreciated what you do, that they gave you business, that uh, you were able to fulfill that business, that you got paid, you know, because as a small company, none of these things are guaranteed, right? So uh, so I, that was when I think I really learned um, the, the importance of being customer obsessed. Uh, and generally, uh, that stayed with me, you know, it's, um, it's always been, um, uh, like, one of the things is, like, with large companies, large organizations, uh, it's easy to take the customer for granted. And that's something that I've tried really not to do because I remember the days when it was so hard to get one customer. Yeah. <laughs> the day we got one customer, we partied like crazy. We were like some, <laughs> somehow the customer was crazy enough to bet on these idiots who were like 22 years old <laughs> and thinks that they can build some software. <laughs> um, but then we got our second customer, I think like a year later, and we were like over the moon. It's like, oh my God, maybe we will even survive. <laughs> um, and then we got our third customer and we were like, okay, Maybe we, maybe we're not you know maybe we're not so bad after all you know uh, but yeah it's it's really stayed with me from my um, days as an entrepreneur yeah yeah it's important I I mean especially working as a field seller it's your customers are you know your bread and butter they're your lifeline you know um, and so let's get into some data stuff right that, that's that's all great right career is great and everything but I've made my career the last few years on Power BI. I've made my career on Power BI. Everything I do, everything I touch, everything I talk about um, has been Power BI for the past, I don't know, five, six years. Amir came on and he gave us the story of uh, the Vertipak engine. It was a great story. Mm -hmm. He told us this. I'm sure you've heard this story from Amir mm -hmm. uh, before. But I want to know, when you took over, right, we were talking about, and you wrote that letter to James about Power BI I'm not even going to call it 1.0. I'm going to call it 0.5 or something like that. Uh, and I want to know the origin story of how we came from that 0.5 version to this version of Power BI that is leading the leading BI tool in the Gartner Magic Quadrant. How do we go from that, oh, it's okay, to this is absolutely amazing? 
Yeah, it's it's been a long journey. And um, I would say a, a few things. You know, I think the early days of Power BI, one of the, some of the things that we got really right is the idea of uh, providing Power BI desktop for free. Because I remember, like, I think if I, if memory serves me right, in 2015, Tableau was charging $2,000 a license for Tableau uh-huh. Desktop, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was a two-week free trial. And here comes Power BI and, you know, Power BI Desktop is completely free. And it kind of, uh, you know, it shocked the world. And, you know, it gave uh, business analysts, people who wanted a BI tool, something that uh, they could go use. So I think that got the flywheel spinning. What made the flywheel go faster is the fact that, uh, you know, uh, we listened to customers. So we, you know, ideas.powerbi.com was started around the same time. But this is where the developers who downloaded Power BI Desktop went in and put some ideas that they wanted us to go build. And the very first version of Power BI Desktop was very, very minimal, right? Um, but then uh, as developers, uh, as business analysts used it, and they told us what to go build, we were insanely focused on taking their feedback and looking at the top voted ideas. And boy, did we ship, you know, the team deserves a lot of credit for shipping a new version of Power BI Desktop every single month, um, going back every single month, like clockwork, and going back eight years. And this pace of innovation had literally never been seen before in the industry. So all of a sudden, business analysts, developers, not only got a Power BI Desktop for free, but they also found that Microsoft was listening. We were learning and we were quickly shipping and giving them what they um, what they cared about. So every month it started becoming like Christmas, right? So there's a whole yeah. bunch of features, uh, capabilities that led up in Power BI Desktop. And then the developers tried it and they tweeted about it and they blogged about it and then they gave us more ideas to work on. So it really gave us a, a flywheel where develop more, more and more developers started joining this movement almost because um, they found that Microsoft was listening and we were shipping. So that was that got the developer phase base going. The second big thing that I feel like we really did is really simplify the experience for enterprise BI. You know, the five seconds to sign up, five minutes to wow. We took that very, very seriously. We tried to make sure that every developer could sign up, every business user could sign up within five seconds. And within a few minutes, they could get real value. So there's a lot of capabilities we shipped. We really literally had a stopwatch watching, you know, how long these things took and really shortening the time to value. And that made a huge difference. So I would say these are the two things that early on got the Power BF flywheel going. And then further along the way, we were able to build capabilities that really, you know, not just handle self-service BI, but handled enterprise BI. Uh, Unify bringing all of the power of analysis services and the Vertipack engine into Power BI, bringing all of the power power reporting services into Power BI, uh, enabling governance at scale. So, uh, So we added a lot of enterprise BI capabilities that drove significant adoption across enterprise customers, like, you know, so they could build large projects, deploy large projects. That was a big step forward. Another big step forward was all the AI capabilities that we that we've landed in Power BI. Things like um, you know uh, smart narratives, things like key influencers. These are visual experiences that really focus on business users and business outcomes and move all the AI jargon to the back, you know, uh, out of the picture. That drove a lot of adoption. Got a lot of customers excited. I also feel like um, you know we nailed the mobile experience. You know, one of the things I, I always encourage customers to do is go into Apple's iStore or Google Play. Look at Power BI Mobile. You'll find that it's rated at 4.7 or 4.8. But then look at the number of reviews that Power BI Mobile has, and they'll find that Power BI Mobile alone has 50 times as many reviews as all of the other BI uh, mobile BI products combined. 
You know, just absolutely insane. And that um, uh, was a huge deal because business users are on the go. Business users move around uh, and they need to have their data with them. That was a huge advantage that Power BI brought to the table. And the last thing I would say is really the deep integration into Office. You know, integrating into Excel, integrating into Teams, integrating into PowerPoint, integrating into SharePoint. Look, anybody can do this. We're not doing anything that only Microsoft can do, but we took the trouble. You know, we sweated the details. We plugged in, We you know, into their public APIs but we really made it easy for people to work with data regardless of where they were. So these were all the areas that I think really contributed to Power BI, you know, going from this uh, fledgling of a product uh, to this uh, to this uh, really compelling product that customers love and the clear, clear, clear lead in the industry. So a selfish question. I always throw one of those in to the interview. Now, <laughs> I've been using Power BI since the SharePoint days and then this new desktop came out and then the next month the new desktop came out and the next month the new desktop came out who came up with that idea for monthly updates to the desktop i mean what was the rationale or reasoning behind just every month we're going to give you a new one every month i know you said it's like christmas but there, there had to be some logic behind it i think the point really was listening to the community and sharing yeah. You know, yeah. and I would probably I, I really don't know who came up with that, uh, Patrick. I suspect it was James Phillips okay. um, because, okay. you know, he came from Silicon Valley and he really, you know, uh, valued uh, speed. He valued uh, customer obsession. Yeah. You know, he uh, so I, I think it was him, but I, I really okay. don't know. Okay. Um, but fine. yes, but this has been, you know, this has been part of the Power BI DNA forever. Like the, the team really values uh, shipping, <laughs> you know, yeah. shipping at high quality, but shipping. Um, so we get the get the capabilities to our developers. I think the world anticipates that. They wait for that drop, everyone. <laughs> Everybody's just waiting for that drop, you know? Um, so when did you know? When did you know Power BI was a big deal? When did you go, wow, we really have something? We really have something here. You know, um, it's a good question. I think um, I think people told me in 2015, 2016 that Power BI is going to be a big deal. I didn't believe it. I was like, oh, come on. You know, you're just saying things to make me feel better, <laughs> right? Uh, because uh, we were just out and we were like, you know, there was some, um, uh, you know, some ripples. Uh, yeah. But I think it was... Uh, two to three years in, uh, where I was just finding that uh, the community was just growing. The community was getting behind Power BI. There's a huge community forming. And all the folks that were passionate about Excel, all the folks that were passionate about SQL started jumping into the Power BI community, the data MVPs. And I think um, that's the, uh, as we saw the developer uh, growth in Power BI desktop, accelerate. That's kind of when I felt like maybe, maybe, you know, we have something on our hands. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would say it was maybe around 2017, 2018. You know, that's kind of when we felt like, hey, we had a real shot at really uh, moving the industry forward uh, for, for, for our customers. I was working in the field and it was it was easy. It was just easy to go show someone really quick what it was and, you know, they were off and running. So it was, it, it was just yeah. easy. So, okay. So, so now, right, Bill, Bill just happened, right? You, we had you, I phoned a friend at Bill because <laughs> I wasn't convinced that I needed to attend. I had to get all my data people to come to Bill because I knew something was happening. Um, and we announced Fabric. We announced Fabric. And I will tell you this, I've been tweeting, I've been presenting, I've done, I think I did four Fabric overviews this week. It's amazing for me. I think it's, it's uh, insane amazing. I think it's a really nice thing. But in your own words, Define what is Microsoft Fabric? 
Yeah, um, you know, fabric is really what uh, what we help. Uh, you know, so with Power BI, we only thought about the BI component. Sure, right? sure. But BI is one link in the chain from raw data to insights in the hands of customers. Power BI is the last mile. Right. With Fabric, we're going the entire way. Right? We're taking the approach that uh, worked for Power BI, five seconds to sign up, five minutes to wow, a SaaS experience, things to just work out of the box, a very rapid cadence of uh, shipping new capabilities and applying it to the entire analytics stack. So everything from data integration with uh, Data Factory, with data engineering, with Synapse Spark, data science with uh, Synapse ML, you know, data warehousing with Synapse Data Warehouse, with re- real-time analytics, at Synapse, you know, Power BI, a new product called Data Activator. But we basically took um, the entire stack for the modern analytics capabilities that customers are looking for and built it into a single integrated product. And that's Microsoft Fabric. Uh, and we took literally the same approach uh, that Power BI had taken. We took the same, which was, you know, SaaS, right? Uh, and we, in, in, to t- you know, to get, get this into market and to make it easy for customers, we didn't just build a brand new SaaS platform. We took the world's largest SaaS service for analytics, which is Power BI. And then we, you know, we took this, uh, we split it into two parts. We split it into the SaaS foundation, which ran Power BI and the Power BI service itself. And then we brought all of these workloads, Data Factory, Synapse, Data Warehousing, Synapse Spark, Synapse ML, you know, Data Activate, all of that to the same SaaS foundation. What this gave customers is really one integrated product um, that allows developers to go from the data lake to the business user. So you can connect to hundreds of data sources. You can bring data to the data lake. You can, you know, reshape data. You can build a lake house. You can build a data warehouse. You can build a machine learning model. You can build um, Power BI reports and you can, uh, all of this data serves business users. Uh, we also introduced OneLake, which, you know, we think about OneLake as the one drive for data, uh, which really simplifies the whole data lake uh, architecture uh, because data lakes are just messy and complicated and OneLake just makes it super simple. And OneLake is multi-cloud. So this whole, uh, end-to-end approach from the data lake to the business user is what Fabric's been about. Uh, and that's been really, really exciting to bring to market. Yeah. So, obviously, I, I was at Bill virtually um, both both of the days. And one of the things, I think one of the things I, that, that I remember the most was you said, the world is awash with data. The mm-hmm. world is awash <laughs> with data. And I told Adam, I was like, look, man, when we go, when we do our bit between these sessions, we got to talk about this. And if I ever get to talk about a ruin, I mean, like, what, what, what would you try to land when you said the world is awash with data? You know, it's, we live in a digital world. Yeah. Every, yeah. Sensors are everywhere. Yeah. You know, all of uh, business is considered digitally, uh, whether it's transactions, whether it's Teams meetings, whether it's, um, you know, Twitter, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's CRM systems, you know, you name it. Everything is digital. Everything produces data. All of the data is available. Very little of the data is used. Right. So for me, it feels like uh, that's a huge opportunity for customers. There's so much data out there. All of the data has signal and all of the signal could move your business forward. It's really the source of your competitive advantage. And, you know, when I think about uh, the opportunity for customers, they see the Ubers, the Airbnbs, the Netflixes leverage data and translate that to competitive advantage and disrupt entire industries. And every one of our customers, they want to be the disruptors. They don't want to be the disrupted. So when we talk about the world being awash with data, it's really about leveraging the power of data, translating that into competitive advantage, translating that into a way in which their customers can differentiate themselves, how, how they can serve their customers. And there is just so much opportunity there, Patrick. Wow. It's just like literally, wow. uh, it's the oxygen, it's the lifeblood of companies today. And uh, Fabric makes it so easy for them to take advantage of it. 
So I, I did a, a talk this week. On, it was on Monday for our local users group. There was about 70, 75 people there because they wanted to come here about the fabric. I know it's the Microsoft fabric, but they wanted to come here about the fabric. And somebody asked me a question. It was like, this is great. And then I'm explaining to them what the fabric is. And it's like, but why did you put everything in one place? We have Power BI. We have Synapse. We have Data Factory. Why put it in one pane of glass? Yeah, because complexity is killing customers. You know, the good news is in the data and air land, uh, landscape over the last five to 10 years, there's been a ton of innovation. The bad news is in the last five to 10 years, there's been a ton of innovation. Because if you're putting yourself in the customer's shoes, there's literally hundreds, thousands of products and open source technologies out there that can help you in the data and AI space. And every little piece has a reason to exist. But what it does is it really transfers the complexity to customers. Customers have to make sense of all of it. They have to figure out which technologies to use. They have to figure out how to wire these things together, how to stitch them up, you know, how to make their developers productive. Customers are see this innovation as really great, but they also see this as a wall of complexity. And they're sick and tired, Patrick, of paying, quote unquote, the integration tax. So Fabric takes all of that away. It basically says, hey, you don't have to integrate everything. You don't have to optimize everything. You don't have to configure anything. It just works. You get all of the tools in a single place that let your developers be incredibly productive and accelerate the time to value, dramatically lower their costs, be make it super easy for them to collaborate with other developers, other business analysts, other business people in the organization, because data is a team sport, right? Yeah. And Fabric makes all of that seamless. So that's that's really why we decided to go in uh, with a single integrated product versus forcing customers to live in the complicated, expensive, fragile world that they live in today, where the burden is on them to make everything work. So I got a little, another little nugget. I'm going to use this. You see me present somewhere. Data is a team sport. I'm still in that one. I'm still in that one. Data is a team sport. Love it. <laughs> data is a team sport. Sometimes they say listening. things that are not all that stupid. <laughs> you know? I got that one, though. I got that one. Because you can't go solo. It's not like golf. It's not like tennis, right? It's not like tennis. It's, it is a team sport. You need a bunch of people to get this data done. So, so. Who do you think in for you, right? Who's a target audience? So who are we, who do we think are you should be using or we should be targeting for Microsoft Fabric? Every analytics developer. So whether you're a data scientist, a data warehousing professional, a BI professional, a data integration specialist, a data engineer. We're targeting in the entire stack. We're also targeting business users because eventually all of this data is in the service of business. And if the you know what's the point of data sitting beautifully in your lake if nobody's using it, right? So we are targeting all of the personas in analytics. And that's really important, Patrick, because everybody's just targeting one of them. There's BI tools that just go after the business user. There's uh, data engineering products that only go after the data engineer. There's uh, for tools designed for the data scientist. With Fabric, we're really trying to bring all of the personas together so that they, you get all of the tools in a single integrated solution that goes from the data lake to the business user. So we're literally targeting everybody. In terms of uh, penetration, one of the things that um, we have seen is that the Power BI approach works. We have 370,000 customers today in 187 countries that used Power BI last month, right? Literally pretty much everybody, 98% of the Fortune 500, right? Uh, and we're trying to make sure that every one of them can benefit from the goodness in fabric. Wow. Okay. All right. So I'm going to tell you this. I've been, I've, I've been digging in the fabric. I have been heels down. I'm coming up with some patterns and things like that because uh -huh. it's exciting. It's exciting to me. And I'm trying... 
I, I'm struggling to pick my favorite, the thing that really excites me about fabric, because there's so many good things in there, right? There's so, especially, I consider myself somewhat of a data engineer, and there's so, there, there's so many good things in there. And the first thing for me, shortcuts. Shortcuts just, yeah. I mean, are you kidding me? If you had to pick, <laughs> I, mean, I talked to Josh Kaplan, right? Shortcuts just, if you had to pick your favorite, and this is difficult because you, this is your baby. If you had to pick your, what, what excites you the most? What excites you the most about Microsoft Fabric from a feature perspective? I, you know, I, I'm going to go with one lake. Okay. Oh. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you why. Look, data lakes have existed for, I guess forever. Like if it's more than a decade at this point, it's forever. Right? Data lakes have existed <laughs> forever, but they're pretty messy and complicated. They're yeah, nothing more yeah. than storage accounts provisioned by developers, you know, which means that different developers provide provision different storage accounts. So what really makes it a data lake for a single organization? Nothing really. So one lake kind of turns that on the head. With one lake, you get a single unified SaaS data lake for the entire organization. That's never been done before. When we explain one lake is like, OneDrive for your data, customers get it. They understand OneDrive, they understand Dropbox, you know, bringing the same experience that you use for documents to data just makes sense. But it's not just that it's a single unified SaaS data lake. It's the fact that it is, um, you know, global. You can pin data to different geographies. You have a universal namespace. Everything in one lake is automatically indexed, automatically organized. Things like lineage just work out of the box. There's a built-in data catalog. We call it the One Lake Data Hub. It shows up in all over Fabric, in Power BI, in, you know, Synapse and Data Factory, but it doesn't stop there. It shows up in Excel, it shows up in Teams, you know, the, a built-in data catalog, just part of One Lake. So that's One Lake itself. But there's a second aspect of One Lake that blew customers away, which is really Microsoft embracing completely open data formats. Right. This has been a huge bane for customers, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, they use a data warehouse. The data warehouse puts data in its own proprietary format. They bring data to a BI tool. The BI tool takes the data of the data warehouse and puts it in its own proprietary format. Real-time databases do the same thing. So, so much data is copied over and over again in customer environments as customers ingest and re-ingest and re-ingest data and build all these pipelines. So much cost, so much expense, so much fragility. One lake makes all of that go, go away because the, the default format for all of the analytics engines in one lake is Apache Parquet with Delta Lake as the metadata layer. So when you build a data warehouse in Synapse and you know, and Synapse in Fabric, Synapse puts the data not in our own proprietary format. By default, it's in Delta Parquet. When you point Power BI at the Synapse data warehouse, Power BI doesn't have to go import data or send direct queries. It simply goes to one lake and pages the data into memory because Power BI has also adopted Delta Parquet has its own native format. So all of this goodness is part of one lake. Customers love the fact that, uh, you know, they're not locked in. Microsoft has embraced completely open formats. Their data is accessible to the vast ecosystem of open source tools that work with Delta Parquet. Nobody else is doing this. So that just the simplicity of one lake, the embracing open data formats, and the killer, Patrick, and this is a demo I love to show, is the OneDrive integration that one lake has. You know, just the integration into, into Windows Explorer. And when customers see this, they jump just drop. You know, just like there's a one OneDrive folder in Windows Explorer, now there's a one leg folder. And, you know, you can see all the data you have access to. You can drag and drop data into one leg from Windows Explorer. We have taken something as techy and as complicated as data lakes and made them as simple and as approachable as OneDrive. So I would say I love lots and lots of capabilities in Fabric, uh, but one leg is my favorite. <laughs> 
don't tell anybody don't tell everybody else you know <laughs> they'll get upset with me except the one leg team but except the yeah. one leg team right like christian christian wade says right clicky clicky draggy droppy right uh so i'm gonna push a little bit and so as former field sellers i was thinking about this the other day and i have these i have groups of you know people i work with in the field and we've been talking about fabric and somebody said okay patrick so Pretend I'm the CIO, Rune. I'm, I'm a multinational, global. I'm just a huge conglomerate of a company. And we're evaluating products, you know, to create our data lakes, our data warehousing, our streaming data. We're evaluating all these products. How do you convince me? You're the field seller. How do you convince me to go with Fabric? Oh, that's easy. That's okay. super easy, All Patrick. Right. Okay. I have okay. uh, I have personally pitched Fabric more okay. to more than a hundred of the Fortune 500 in the last twelve months. Personally, okay. one by one, I've pitched Fabric. I've been and on a few of those so, calls. You've been, been on, on a few yeah, of those. you know what I'm talking about. We've <laughs> <laughs> done a few together, uh, but uh, you know, customers absolutely love it. And here's uh, so if I'm a field seller, there's five reasons why. Okay. Okay. Number one a unified analytics platform that gives customers everything they need to go from the data lead to the business user. We talked about that, but that is really important to customers because it drives stock costs down, it drives collaboration up. That's number one. Number two, a lake-centric and open architecture. The fact that Microsoft has embraced open formats, which nobody else is doing, and delivering industry-leading performance on open formats, huge benefit for customers, dramatic reduction in costs, also a huge step in terms of openness where customers don't have to be uh, fearful of being locked into Microsoft. On the other hand, they could be locked into any of the other you know, providers out there because they're all sitting on proprietary data formats. That's number two. Number three, empowering every business user through Power BI but uh, and through Power BI's integration into Excel, into Teams, into PowerPoint, into SharePoint. All of the data in one lake serving all of the business users in Office and Power BI. Huge advantage for customers because it puts their data to work. That's number three. Number four, all of the AI goodness in Fabric. We haven't talked about that before, but Copilot's accelerating every part of the developer experience. Copilot's helping you find those insights in data and allowing you to deliver a chat GPT type experience on your own data. That's number four. And number five, uh, and this is one that CFOs really, really love, the dramatic cost reductions because Fabric has a unified capacity model. And this one's really crazy, uh, Patrick, because today, if you look at, let's take a non-Microsoft environment. Let's say you use Altrix for data transformation, Fivetran for data integration, DBT for, you know, uh, for some data shaping, Snowflake, and let's say Tableau, right, in a single project. Now you're provisioning capacity in five different places. And it's not like when Altrix is idle, Tableau is using the capacity. It is just sitting idle, which means that, you know, there's a lot of over-provisioning of capacity going on all of which drives costs up for customers. Fabric's unified capacity model, where all computers serverless, all computers virtualized, and customers simply by one unit of capacity, Fabric capacity, and it powers everything. So it might overnight, it might do a lot of data integration and data engineering with data factory and Synapse you know, data engineering. But in the morning, it could be doing a lot of Power BI and you know, Synapse SQL as people are walking into the office. That allows customers to save a ton of costs and the capacity model really, really resonates, especially in today's environment when people are really trying to save every dollar. So those five things, complete analytics platform, lake-centric and open, empowering every business user, AI-powered, and unified capacity model. Wow. All right. Last I've question. done this a few times. I've fixed <laughs> this a few times. Customers love it. <laughs> Last question, Arun. I, got, I, I have to ask you this. And so... With Fabric being a big focus of the team, of your team, right? Fabric's a big focus on your team. As a leader, 
you must be thinking about what's next. You know, what are we going to do? Is there anything that you can share or maybe give us a hint of where Fabric's going next? It's a good question. Um, <laughs> let me put it this way. You're going to be blown away with what you see is going to come out of Fabric in the next 12 months. Blown okay. away. You know, uh, we're just on, uh, if people are blown away by what we've shipped so far, you know, um, the usage is skyrocketing up. You know, customers are signing up at a pace that I've never seen before. Okay. But what we're working on right now that will ship over the next 12 months is even crazier, right? So uh, I, I can't, can't tell you too much, unfortunately, right. because right. my marketing wait. counterparts will get really upset with me because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't got on this call with Patrick and he spilled the beans. <laughs> but no, it's it's going to be really, really exciting. I think it's going to be very transformational. You know, the customers that have seen where we're going over the next 12 months absolutely love it. Uh, I think it's it, we couldn't live in a more exciting time for data, for AI, for Microsoft. So, yeah, it's, it's going to get even more exciting. Awesome. Well, Arun, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. Thank you, everyone that listened today. And we look forward to all of you joining us next time on Insights Tomorrow. Thank you so much, Patrick. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Insights Tomorrow. Be sure to catch us next time as we continue the journey to uncover the challenges and the possibilities that organizations face every day. You can find more about the show and catch future episodes at insightstomorrow.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.